Wow, you just never know, do you? Um, well, Joe, I think that uh, we're all glad that you're here also. <laughs> um, but uh, it's been a good day. I want to say, uh, uh, really take a minute and say a special thanks to uh, Michael, our youth pastor this morning. We've had, if you're watching online, you know, uh, with technology, there's issues, it seems like, all the time. And so we're uh, especially grateful that we have the technology, but we had some sound issues this morning. So uh, for those that can hear now on the, uh, that are watching the live stream, uh, we want to thank Michael because uh, I know he was working on that hard this morning. And then uh, Bruno and Lucas, I, I think they're working with them as well. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for that. And then you'll notice that things are not quite right. We have some extra stuff happening over here. Uh, this, this week is a big thing for our school. They have what they ha uh, call Susical the Musical. Is that right? Musical? It makes you want to say it funny, you know? The Musical. Uh, so uh, this Susical the Musical, I'm not going to say that anymore. They, uh, they're going to have that this week, and so they started yesterday getting things set up. In fact, after church, they're going to do uh, some more. If you'd like to go to that, man, I would say you should come. It's awesome for, if, even if you don't have kids here, for our church, people in our church to support the school and what they're doing. And um, I've, as a youth pastor, I've been to a lot of, before as a youth pastor, now pastor, but I've been to a lot of things at schools, plays and stuff, and uh, what they did last year was one of the best I've been to. And so I expect that probably this year will be the same. So it's going to be good. Well, uh, today we're going to continue a series of messages on what we started last week called Not a Fan. Not a Fan, because Jesus does not want fans. He wants completely devoted followers. And so we're making a distinction in that and what that looks like. And how is it that as followers of Jesus... The people in the world, the United States, us, have turned into fans of Jesus more than his followers. Um, so let's start this way. Ask a question. Have you ever been driving down the road, one of those car dealerships that says, anyone can buy a car here? You seen those? Anyone can buy a car here. And you get really excited because you think, well, my credit's not the best. Maybe I can go buy a car there. Um, not that that's ever happened to me, but you know, you, you go in and you're like, hey, I want to buy a car here. And they're like, well, your credit looks like it's not, but you say anyone. Well, we said anyone, but we didn't really mean everyone. <laughs> like anyone can, like it's possible that you can buy a car here, but uh, it's, or what about those cell phone advertisements? Have you been seeing those come around Verizon and AT&T and the new iPhone and everybody gets the best deal? Has anybody called on that? I just don't think it's true that anybody gets the best deal. Um, I remember when uh, NFL Sunday ticket was a big deal. Do you guys remember that? And the NFL Sunday ticket was, it was really a big deal where you could get all of the NFL games every week and watch everything. And it was amazing. And I had it. It was awesome. Like we watched football, man. And uh, I just felt obligated. Sometimes I was like, I don't even know who's playing, but I just, I feel like I, I'm obligated to watch this game because I'm paying for it. Uh, and we move on a few years later, and uh, I quit paying for it. I came to my senses. If you pay for it, I'm, that's good. I'm glad, you know, you have your senses. I, I didn't have the money for it, probably, but I was paying for it anyway. So then there's this, uh, an ad came out a few years ago that said, NFL Sunday ticket, like, you, you can, if you sign up for the NFL Sunday ticket, have it free this year. I was like, well, 
sign me up. I call them up. Hey, I want my NFL Sunday ticket. And they said, oh, we're sorry, sir. You are already a DirecTV subscriber. You don't get the NFL Sunday ticket. So again, I was like, you mean I, I've been DirecTV subscriber for, I don't know, 10 years at the time. And I can't have it. No, no, it's only for new customers. So what they say is anyone, but they don't really. You guys have probably run into that in other places of your life. It sure seems like when people say anyone is welcome or anyone can have this deal, they don't really mean anyone. In Luke 9.23, which is kind of a theme for us through this series, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself Take up his cross daily and follow me. Um, then when inviting potential followers, and we talked a little bit about this last week, it it's, is a hard teaching, but the good news here is that the way he starts that out, if anyone would come after me, anyone is welcome. Have you ever read that? Anyone is welcome. You mean anyone? Yes, anyone. Anyone like the NFL Sunday ticket? No, we really mean anyone. Anyone like I can have the best deal on the new iPhone? No, I mean we really mean anyone. There's no catches. So over the years we, we've gotten to the point where we think, yeah right, what's the catch? What's the catch here? It can't really mean anyone. But see, that's the brilliance of Jesus' invitation. There is no catch. There is no small print. There are no hidden fees. It's all laid, in out, laid out in that verse. It's open to anyone. And when Jesus says anyone, the crowds would have looked at the disciples and understood exactly what he meant. Let me give you a little history. As we dig into today's message, it's really going to help to understand some of this. So Jesus was a rabbi. Right, you guys all understand that Jesus was a rabbi. During his ministry, people would have seen him and considered him a rabbi, just the way he was, the way he taught. And in his society, that's how people knew him. He was homeless and he was unconventional, but he was a rabbi nonetheless. And a rabbi is a teacher of God's word. And God's word at that time was, was all Old Testament. So it was a teacher of the Old Testament. And rabbis had extensive knowledge of the Torah and the writings of the prophets. And an interesting side note, uh, they've really found out that when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, a rabbi had what they taught as a yoke. And he would say, my yoke is easy. Now we have in mind an ox that pulls, the oxen that pull a yoke, right? A yoke. And, and that's true in some sense because for some rabbis, their yoke was very hard. Extremely difficult. It was heavy. Jesus said, hey, mine's easy. And as you follow Jesus, you find out what he means by that. Because later on, he tells his disciples, what the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Like, I'm going to break it all down into this. So there's Jesus. He's unconventional. He's a rabbi. And Jesus had a group of disciples. And we all know that. Um, there were actually more than the 12. But the 12 are, were his closest. They're who we know. And rabbis were special because they were a part of a group that the rabbi and people around would call the Talmud. A Talmud. So the word Talmud translates to disciple or student. So essentially every rabbi in Jesus' time, they had a Talmud. And wherever they went, their Talmud would follow. And their Talmud was an incredibly exclusive group of students. 
most people didn't end up as students of rabbis. In fact, they didn't make the cut and they would end up in some kind of a learning a trade. Typically one that was passed down by the family. They would be uh, stone masters or fishermen or tradesmen, you know, that kind of a thing. But most of them, especially in the Jewish culture, they wanted to be part of a Talmud. It was an exclusive group. So how did you join the Talmud and why was it so exclusive? For those who wanted to join, uh, there was a there would be a particular rabbi and they would say, ooh, I want to be a part of this rabbi's Talmud. And you would have to go through an application process, very much like going to college. There would be an application process, but there were hefty prerequisites. It, it wasn't so easy. It would have been uh, like getting into Harvard or Duke or Yale, like it would have been an exclusive university. There's a way, think of it like that. And th they were required to have like a, a high GPA or transcript prerequisites. Like there were things that they had to, to do and to follow. And, and you know, if you want to go to one of the elite schools, you have to have a very high GPA, you, like a 4.0, or you want to do very well on the ACT or SAT. Or you said it used to be the way. Do you know? the Lord was used in the 11th chapter of Leviticus. And you would have to know it. It was an intense, painstaking process. But the rabbis had to be thorough because the excellence of their student reflected the excellence of the teacher. And if a rabbi would just let anyone in, it was clear that they weren't a sought-after rabbi. So their stature, their status wasn't elevated. So you wanted to be exclusive. You wanted to make it hard to get into. You wanted to be elevated in status. On the other hand, if a, a rabbi's group was especially brilliant, that rabbi would be highly admired. So when Jesus came in, he changes the system, especially when he invites a tax collector to be part of his Talmud. So word begins to get out about this new guy in town. There's this new rabbi. And he's, he's saying anyone is welcome. Anyone can follow me. It's like he's picking people out at random. Hey, you, you want to follow me? Like, what's the test? Oh, just follow me. You, you want to follow me? Come on, let's go. So people start to wonder what's up. What's going on with this guy? They come to hear him, this incredible teacher named Jesus. But and they would have recognized him as maybe the most brilliant rabbi they had ever heard. Expecting his Talmud to represent that brilliance. But then they look at his disciples and you've got some fishermen and you've got a tax collector. 
You've got, I mean, a fisherman of the day were like what I would have grown up knowing is like roughnecks in the oil field. That's what I grew up in. Like just, you know, just the greasy, dirty. That's, that's what they were. So they're looking at them. They're, look, they're shaking their heads saying, these are his students. These are nobodies. I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. But Jesus makes an invitation, and when people hear that anyone can come learn from this incredible rabbi who's more brilliant than any they had heard before, they start to think, man, maybe it's true. Maybe anybody can follow this guy. And and see, there would have been people whose dreams had been killed before. People who had given up a long time ago and had been laying stone for a long time because they didn't make the cut years ago. And now they're like, oh man, maybe I can get in this rabbi's group. And, and slowly but surely, people are starting to want to follow this rabbi Jesus because they realize when he said anyone, he meant it. When he said anyone is welcome, the crowds began to understand that anyone meant everyone. And they would have loved it. It would have been amazing. We can follow. And you remember last week, so all these people begin to follow him. And he says, hey, anyone's welcome. But if you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. And then remember many disciples said, hey, this is a hard teaching, man. I thought I wanted to do this, but I don't think I want to anymore. And so they would obey. See, he's given a different it's not how many times is the Lord's name used in the 11th chapter of Leviticus. It is, we're in this thing where the, the least is made the most. And the most is made the least. It's an upside down world. So I'm taking the most normal person and I will elevate the lowest to the highest in the kingdom of God. So let's talk about this idea that anyone means everyone. Here's the struggle. Though we'd never say it, we don't always buy into the idea that anyone should be welcome. Right? We don't say that. We don't, we probably don't even think we mean that, but we kind of like church the way it is, don't we? We usually prefer things to stay the same. And then same becomes standard And then pretty soon a standard becomes a qualification. We didn't mean for that to happen. It's just what happens over time. And this is the danger that we need to watch out for as we are Christian or following Jesus for longer and longer and longer. Because same becomes standard and standard becomes a qualification. Now Jesus didn't give that qualification. We did. The way we dress, the way we act, the, the things that we think, what we expect. I wonder if Jesus knew how things would go. And so he said in Luke 9.23 to remind us that there shouldn't be any qualifications. Anyone is welcome. So Jesus does away with the qualifications to follow him. He, he got rid of a long list of prerequisites. He did away with the standard application process. Can you imagine if they said, hey, I, uh, a kids, I mean, Harvest said, hey, Harvard, you're welcome to my church. I mean, my church, obviously you're welcome in our church, but Harvard, anybody can come. 
You want to come? Come on. We're going to welcome everybody in. A lot of kids would be like, yes. And even more parents would be like, woohoo. <laughs> like everybody gets to go. There's, there's no more standard application process. No more long list of prerequisites. I think as a church, we need to be careful not to implement an unwritten code. We have a tendency to do that because, I mean, we dress a certain way. We use certain language. You talk to somebody who knows nothing about Jesus and say the word Christian, they might be like, what? I don't even know what that is. Born again? Just like Nicodemus, what? How can I be born again? Like, what does that even mean? See, we, we begin to pick up on those words and phrases and, and we just do it. Now listen, I want you to know that our church, I truly believe that we are unaware of this unwritten church code. And, and I think that we're, we talk about it enough that, that we try to not let that be a, a standard or a prerequisite to be a part of our church. We want to love everybody. In fact, that's what our church stands on, to love like Jesus mean process that to not just to love but to love like Jesus and how did Jesus love he gave up his life he welcomed anybody in he didn't have a list of prerequisites like Jesus loved in a different way in our church I think that we are trying to achieve that and with the help of God we will and we are so when Jesus says anyone, he means everyone. But when Jesus drops the qualifications, he's also taking away people's excuses. Excuses are gone now. Jesus invites anyone to follow him. He doesn't just break down barriers that keep people from learning about God. He also gets rid of all the excuses that people leave behind. So now, tradesmen had no excuse not to follow the rabbi. The dropout student couldn't complain about his past anymore. We need to ask ourselves, what is our excuse? What is our excuse? I think most of us hold off on a relationship with Jesus because we've gotten too busy. Or maybe my grandpa used to say, I don't know if this phrase translates, he used to say, hey, grandpa, how you doing? How's work going? Well, from can to can't. Does that make any sense to you guys? From can to can't. Like, from I can do it to I can't do it no more. From can to can't. But he always emphasized that can't. He called me Callie, too. <clears throat> hey, Callie. From can to can't. That's how we live our lives, right? All out until we just can't do it no more. But is that a legitimate excuse for holding our intimacy with God. Is that a legitimate excuse? Our marriages or relationships, they take up a lot of time. I get it. Our job, and for some, two or three jobs, takes up a lot of time. Our kids, don't even get me started on kids. It's time. For some of us, we have a past we're not proud of. Baggage that we hold on to. Things that we've done in our past. It's been an excuse. Jesus says, hey, there's no excuses. Um, and you guys know, whenever I meet somebody new, 
I never start off with that I'm a pastor. Like I just, I just don't. Because anytime they find out I'm a pastor, immediately the relationship changes just right off the bat. And it might be the same for you when you go like, hey, I go to church. And then immediately, like they turn their church person on. <laughs> uh, and there was a guy I used to see around town from time to time that uh, every time I saw him, he'd say, I'm getting ready to come back to church. <laughs> I'm going to be at church this Sunday, Pastor. I, I, no joke. Every time he saw me, I'll be at church this Sunday. I haven't seen him. <laughs> in several years, but still, he's every Sunday, every time I, in fact, it's gotten to where I know, I know where he works, and so I kind of won't go there if I, because I feel bad for him, like you lie to me every time you see me, <laughs> every time you're lying to me, listen, just don't say it, it's, it's going to be okay, like I love you, man, it's cool, it's cool. that's between you and Jesus, you worked that out with him, there was another guy, and this one broke my heart, uh, it, was, it was a man, and I would, talk with him and we would talk about God and and he'd be like man I sure love talking to you about God as soon as I quit drinking I'm gonna start coming to church that's what he told me he probably told me that five times over several weeks of us talking as soon as I quit drinking but see I learned a clue from Jesus and I took that excuse away I said don't wait till you quit drinking for him it was a problem he was an alcoholic I said don't wait come this Sunday I don't know if, I mean, Saturday night, I'm, you know, man, I don't know. I said, come Sunday morning. It's, it's going to be fine, man. You'll be welcomed right in. I just don't know. I need to, man, I need to get my life right before I go into a church. Oh, and I want to I get into his mind and know what happened. What church did this to you? What person have you talked with? What, where's, where's, who drew that line in your life? Because Jesus says anyone, anyone is welcome. But as followers of Jesus and church goers, sometimes the two don't mesh very well because we follow Jesus, but then we start coming to church and we, we like the way it is. We were just talking about that and we like what's set up and we like the time that it starts and we like that we have donuts before and we have coffee and we have, and if I come and there's no donuts, it ruins my whole morning. So we've got to get earlier. Jesus got rid of excuses. And he says, anyone is welcome to have a relationship. Anyone. If you have uh, some kind of a sexual past, anyone. If you are an ex-con, anyone. If you're an inmate, anyone. If you're divorced, anyone. If you're legalistic, anyone is welcome. If you're an alcoholic, you can follow him. If you're a pothead, for sure. If you're an addict, anyone. If you're a hypocrite, come on, man. Anybody is welcome. And do you know how many times I've seen God fix and heal people from the baggage of their past? Do you know I've seen relationships restored? I mean, literally, I've seen husband and wife be reconciled at the altar multiple times. I've seen uh, children be reconciled to their parents, children who had, were, had wandered far away. I've seen that happen in real life. I've seen alcoholics and at, drug addicts healed instantaneously from the addiction to whatever it was because God is there. And if it wasn't for somebody who invited them and said to them, anyone is welcome then that would have never happened. We have to be ready to say anyone is welcome. And the problem is, is now we say, well, what does that mean for the church? Is that going to mess it up? What if they're not dressed very nice? What if, what if they don't smell very good? What if they eat all my donuts? 
We need to be ready mentally and emotionally prepare ourselves because we don't know what can happen when somebody embraces that invitation to anyone because if anyone can come to church, then that might mess things up. All of a sudden, the church goes to being filled with a bunch of unchurched people. I mean, and that's right out of Jesus' page, right? It's, he says it's not the sick, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. If we really accept anyone into our churches to follow Christ, we'll be forced out of our comfort zones. We'll rub shoulders with different people from different backgrounds and different social, uh, social circles and people who have different interests than we do and people who uh, are hard to tolerate and even harder to love. Followers are willing to break down the walls and they trash the unwritten codes and they welcome anyone into God's family right alongside Jesus. Now, before you begin to think I've gone off my rocker, listen, I want you to understand that I'm not promoting or advocating that we should condone anything sinful. I'm not saying that. When a person wants to become a Christian, it's right to make sure that they understand that there is a line that Jesus draws. There is a certain way that Jesus expects us to live. There are certain standards that God holds us to. That's the truth. And we'll never back down from that. But at the same time, Jesus says, anyone is welcome. Meaning we have to love everybody. And then Jesus is going to love them into a right relationship with him. It's our job to demonstrate that love. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to draw them to him. And that's the way that works. When Jesus makes the invitation, he says, anyone. And some people who respond to that invitation will have a past. Some people will have lived in sin, maybe even involved in lifestyles that we're embarrassed to hear or talk about. And a fan, a fan doesn't know how to handle that. It's so much easier when we don't know, when we can remain comfortable. Followers, though, followers are willing. They're willing to hear stories of brokenness and sin and welcome those people with open arms into the loving relationship that the Holy Spirit is beckoning them to. And this next point and the last one is crucial to make sure that we help all of us, both brand new Christians and longtime believers, to move into a completely devoted relationship with Jesus. When Jesus makes his invitation, he welcomes anyone who would come after him. But he also makes it clear, and this is what I was just talking about, that when you choose him, you're willing to give up everything. So he says it's anyone, and this is important, it's anyone, but it is everything. And this is the problem that people who live in sin currently struggle with. There was a, uh, I heard something the other day, and, oh, I remember, I was reading a book. I was trying to remember what it was. I was reading a book, and uh, some time ago, there was a famous atheist, and he had, in the, on the buses in London, he had bought, slo um, uh, said, put his slogan, he had bought some advertising space. And this said, uh, God is not real, so get over it and quit living in fear. 
Like, because he, for him, because God, if there was the possibility of God, then it made him fearful because God was going to take away all of his stuff. Like he didn't, he wanted to have fun. And in his mind, and in, in a lot of people's minds, God is going to take away all the fun. And he's going to make you follow the rules and life is over. And I, I heard testimonies of this before I knew Jesus like I do. People would say, I've been following Jesus for 20 years or 40 years or whatever. And it's better today than it was yesterday. I remember, and I mentioned this before, and Candace might remember Brother Campbell. Brother Campbell with his walker. And um, in the middle of, in the middle of a hymn, <laughs> He would raise that walker over his head, and he's 60 years, 80, I don't know how old he was. He'd raise that walker, and he'd just shake it, and he'd start shouting. You know, it was amazing. Like, just that, that man. See, that's not a life that has been lived that's no fun. And so I can say here now, as somebody with some experience with Christ in a long-term relationship with him, I feel like my fun level is heightened. Like I have so much fun. Like I live, I'm living my best life, man. I'm living my best life. I don't know why people feel like when they follow Jesus to give him everything is going to be painful. Sometimes there might be some pain involved, but it's not like he's trying to hurt me. He wants the best version of me. The Holy Spirit fills me. He fills you and he makes us the best version of who we are. He is in the, the order of creating us and restoring us into who he made us in the beginning. That image of Christ that we were created in, it tells us in Genesis, was distorted. But the Holy Spirit is at work restoring that image. And if we will grow in relationship with him, that image becomes restored and we become closer. Back to our Talmud, when they finally accepted, were accepted into a rabbi's school, they would leave their homes, they would leave their jobs, whatever was holding them back. They left everything. And they wanted to. And they would go follow their rabbi. Literally, wherever the rabbi went, whatever he did, they did. So if he went to the market, the students went with him. If he decided to go to another town, they would go. If he decided he was going to be homeless, they were homeless with him. Like, that's how it happened. Now, to follow this rabbi named Jesus would require even more. Because he did decide to live without a home. His students had to follow. He did decide to go among the sinners and the shameful. And the students would follow. So you understand the depth of that. Remember that under that culture, if they had contact with a Gentile or with so many things, if they had contact with somebody who was sinful, then it made them unclean. And when they were unclean, they couldn't go to the uh, temple. They couldn't go worship God. Like it prevented them from worshiping God because they were unclean. And so they didn't want to hang out with him. But here's Jesus and he's going. This is the importance of that. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. Let's go to your house. And they're like, what? No, not him. We'll be unclean. Jesus went anyway. 
if Jesus the rabbi decided not to flee from persecution, then they would not flee with him. I'm going to ask Bruno and the group to come up. So I want to tell you, this is what Jesus offers. This is what Jesus offers. It's an open invitation, man. It's like the best deal in history. Anyone means everyone. When he says anyone, he means everyone. No qualifications. No excuses. Even though he makes his invitation to anyone, he also guarantees that it will cost you everything. And I think that's how I want to end today. Are you willing to give the rabbi Jesus everything? Are you willing to give him everything? Are you ready to give him your worry, your fears, your doubts? Are you ready to give him your finances, your relationships? Just had a dedication today. Are you ready to give him your children? It's a hard one. Can you trust God with everything? If you guys would stand with me, bow your heads. Close your eyes. And I'm going to, did it last week. We'll do it again this week. We have these wooden benches up here. We call them altars. And if you'd like to just come and kneel and say, God, I just want to give you everything. I'm so grateful that when you said anyone, you even meant me. <laughs> and I just want to give you everything. Maybe you've had a struggle. Maybe you've been something in your life, you've been struggling off and on and Maybe you've had issues. Maybe you have a past and you just can't let go of that. Maybe you haven't let go of your past. That's hard for some of us. Let's do that this morning. God, this morning as we, as we stand here and in prayer with you, take a lesson from our Sunday school this morning and Everybody take just a few moments and center your thoughts on him. Whatever's going on in your brain, in your mind, just let go of it for a minute. Take a deep breath if you have to and just focus on God. God, this morning we want to give you everything. We're grateful that anyone means everyone. Like you meant it. You said anyone can. And because of that, that means me. Because at that time, it was only Jews. <laughs> but here we are, mostly Gentiles here. But all, according to Scripture, in the same family. All children of Abraham. Born to the covenant of grace. Holy Spirit, would you talk to us today? And I just ask that if there's anyone here today that has something they're holding on to, who knows what it is, 
Maybe they've not drawn all the way close to you because they're worried about this thing or they can't let go of this thing or there's anxiety or fear or worry or whatever it is. Help us to let it go this morning. We love you today. I just ask Heavenly Father that you would fill us with your spirit. And not only would we be willing to give you everything, but help us to be accepting of everyone. As your followers, help us to love like you love Jesus, which means we bring everybody in, even if they don't know you, even if they've got baggage, but also help us to be able to discern and help them discern what is sin and what is not. I think for followers of Jesus, sometimes it's a, a line we have to, because we want to love people, but we don't want to condone. We trust you, Holy Spirit. Ah, oh, that's good. We trust you. Help us to trust you as you're working in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray.